It's been a complicated year when it comes to my uh, career. Um, back in March, I found out that uh, I was being laid off due to COVID-19's impact on my career. Uh, oh yeah, so I'm, I guess I should explain what I do. I'm, I'm a creative director um, and graphic designer. I'll always be a graphic designer. Um, it's something that has always been a passion for me. And, you know, I legitimately enjoy doing it no matter how much my career grows. But yeah, the latest position that I held within the creative field um, was creative director at a marketing agency. And so I found out back in March that I was losing my job due to COVID-19's impact on our industry. And then just when I was revving up to start, you know, a job search, um, comes, then comes in the, uh, pay paycheck protection, uh, plan from the government. And so I got rehired essentially under that program for a period of about eight weeks. And then I started working on a freelance basis once that ended, but, uh, I just, um, I, I can't do the freelance thing exclusively. I, I really, I don't know, maybe it's because I have two children now at this stage of my life and because I'm trying to, you know, maintain a certain lifestyle level, um, nothing flashy or fancy or exuberant, like, but, you know, I, I live life pretty simply, um, you know, a couple of years back, I started learning about and embracing minimalism uh, to a degree. And that led me to kind of shed a lot of just shit that I was holding on to for nothing else, for no other reason other than, you know, I guess sentimental value or whatever. But I started focusing in on ensuring that the stuff that I kept, the possessions that I kept, were things that I legitimately used, you know, things that actually were, were of use to me and that I, um, yeah, that added value to my life. Um, and so that, that started changing my, my thoughts on purchasing and my thoughts on, keeping things to a great degree. Excuse me. There's your customary yawn from recording late at night. Um, so it's not like I'm trying to sustain a very, you know, lavish lifestyle. Um, but, you know, as far as, you know, the neighborhood that I live in, the area that I live in, the car that I drive, you know, they're just things that I'm not willing to really... Um, compromise on because I know how much those things can chip away at your quality of life you know if you don't feel safe in the area you live in if you don't feel satisfied with the type of place that you live in if you don't feel if you feel like you're wasting you know 200 300 dollars every other month on a car that's constantly 
you know, giving you problems, like all those things, they just chip away at your happiness, <clears throat> at your happiness. And so, like I said, you know, it was, it wasn't about, uh, exuberance. It was simply trying to maintain the lifestyle that I, you know, created for myself and that I feel good and comfortable and satisfied within. And so, yeah, the freelance contractor thing, it just doesn't, at least the way, the route through which it was coming in, the way that it was coming in, it just wasn't working. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it had to do with the fact that, you know, everything is ass backwards right now, you know, perhaps in a more, in a healthier uh, economy and a healthier marketplace and a healthier world situation, a more stable one, then, you know, I would have had more success as a contractor or freelancer. It's a possibility. But um, as of right now, uh, in this present time, it, it just, it wasn't giving me the stability that I that I'm seeking. And so I decided to start, you know, on going on the job search again. But this time was the first time that I was doing a very narrow search because, um, you know, I reached a certain point in my career where I discovered through, you know, the last... I don't know, year, year and a half in particular, I discovered my worth, my worth to a company, my worth to an employer. I became very aware of it, not in an arrogant way. I just simply knew I come, I came to know what I bring to the table and what that is worth. And this was the first time that I approached seeking a job with that sort of um, confidence. And I think when you approach unemployment and job seeking with a clear mentality, a clear mindset of what you're worth, and not just not a blind confidence either. That's not what I'm referring to here. You know, I'm really talking about confidence in a skill set you've developed, a work ethic that you've developed because you've worked hard on yourself as a professional, right? Um, I think that there are some people that innately have a very, very strong, effective and results driven work ethic. But those are select people. I feel like many times we try to, in the professional world, we try to make standards around uh, isolated cases. And the truth is that, you know, uh, it's just not the norm. You know, a lot of people have to work very hard on themselves to be able to arrive at, at a certain work ethic. And that's that's been me. You know, I I mean, I remember you know, back when, um, when I didn't necessarily bring what I bring now to the table, talking specifically about my career, I remember back when I was just a pixel pusher, you know, somebody who was 
all about graphic design. And yeah, I was a good graphic designer and, you know, I was responsible with the work that I did and how I did my work. But I wasn't what I am now. Um, professionally, you know, I what I am now professionally, I feel like it's a it's a combination of many things. It's it's the sum total of every job I've ever had, even if it's not within a creative profession, a sum total of my years as a minister, as a Christian minister, which is, I guess, a story that I'll tell some other day. Um, it's a sum total of every experience that I've had professionally and otherwise. And that being able to truly see everything like a lot of people would think okay you know uh the time that i spent working fast food or working retail or you know that the job telemarketing you know like none of that stuff you know it was just a waste of time or me trying to you know stay afloat or survive um but i think there's an importance to controlling your own narrative think there's an importance to reframing the events in your life and I know this can be tricky because I, I don't want to encourage anybody to lie or embellish you know stuff that they've gone through stuff that they lived or work experience but hey I feel like <laughs> you know sometimes we were detrimental to ourselves because we're not imaginative enough with how we portray everything that that we go through, you know, in our work life, for example, when we're filling out a resume, when we're writing a cover letter. And so I think that if you retell your story, every time that you find yourself unemployed, every time that you find yourself seeking a new job, or even if you're not unemployed, you know, you're just looking for the next step in your career because you feel you've hit a uh, some kind of um, plateau, you know, wherever you're at currently. It, it seems like to me that if you take your time to actually rewrite your story based on the very latest, based on not just your professional growth, but your per your personal growth, your growth as a human being, because Employers are not hiring resumes. Employees are employees are hiring humans, you know, a human being. And employers reap the benefits not just of your professional experience, but of your growth as a human being, whatever level of maturity, trustworthiness, reliability. Again, back to that work ethic, you know, um, they and your work ethic, by the way, is very driven by who you are as a person, you know, uh, less so than who you are professionally. So that's the entire package that an employer is getting. And if you're somebody who is focused on personal growth, if you're somebody who is focused on um, improving yourself as a human being, you know, I think that's something that should make it onto a resume somehow. You know, even if it's just through a quick mention of that idea that you're constantly improving as a, as a, as a person, a human being, 
Um, and then there's, you know, the professional stuff, you know, again, instead of just taking it as this, um, uh, linear sequence of unrelated jobs, what have you retold your story? What have you rewrote your resume in such a way that denoted progress and that denoted growth? And that read like a story. And those were the questions that I was asking myself when I found myself unemployed this time around. I thought to myself, man, you know, maybe I rewrite my resume and I break convention. I write it in a way that I've never written a resume before. And so what I did is essentially I began... I told my story. You know those sections that like um, education and work experience and whatnot? Um, you know, typically those sections play out chronologically, right? Because you leave one job, you, you leave, you know, you uh, finish your whatever education and then you hop onto your first job and your second job and your third job, etc. And so what I did is that I wrote that starting from the bottom to the top, meaning from, you know, the, uh, my education, moving my way through my work experience. And I told in the, in the sections and the paragraphs for each, uh, education entry or for each employer, instead of just writing the same bland shit that you would normally find on a resume, you know, oh, well, I handled this and this and that, and I worked with such and such person to accomplish, blah, 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 blah. You know, I decided, I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to I'm gonna make something different out of this resume. And so what I did is that in every single one of those paragraphs that accompanied each uh, work experience entry or educational entry, I wrote more from from the perspective of that being one little chapter in my story as a professional. And I wrote it in a more of a storytelling way, you know, again, not embellishing or lying things or lying or, you know, exaggerating things necessarily, but just connecting one thing to the next so that it could seem um, more like what it actually is, you know, it's an entire story being told. Why does one thing have to be disjointed or not related to the next? You know, I, everything that I've experienced has added a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of skill, a little bit of, you know, value to me as a professional. And I wanted for that to come through. And I think it did. Now, another thing that I did differently this time around um, was that I had a very narrow focus on the type of places that I wanted to apply to. And I understand that not everybody can be that selective depending on what stage of your career you're at, depending on, you know, um, how desperate you are in the moment to be employed. But, uh, for myself back in January of this year of 2020, um, the company that I was working with before I lost my job due to COVID had already made the shift to working remotely 100% before COVID hit. And that began for me in January. Then the company shut its doors, physical doors, in um, February. 
And so, you know, by midway February, we were all working remotely anyway, those of us that were still working with the company. And I think that uh, it was, it was a, a short time before COVID hit, but man, it was so crucial that I got to taste those couple of months without, you know, uh, working remotely without having to set foot in an office because immediately one thing that I did when I got that opportunity is that I started um, taking my kids to school and picking them up from school, you know, something that I wasn't able to do every single day. Um, you know, I have my kids half the time and, you know, um, when I had them, yes, I took them to school, but I had to pick them up in the afternoon from their mother's house because I had, um, you know, I couldn't leave work in the middle of the day, you know, at two, three in the afternoon to go pick them up when school ended. But this allowed me to do that. And so it changed my lifestyle with them, my dynamic with them. And they were ecstatic. You know, they loved being able to see me from earlier on in the day, on the days that I that they were with me. Um, you know, it was great. It was a fantastic change. I loved that experience. And I was able to do it because I was working remotely and because I was able to work that flexibility into my arrangement with my employer at the time. And that really did change my lifestyle, you know, um, it impacted it for the better. And so fast forward to now and this entire time, obviously, you know, because of COVID, just like so many people, all the work that I've been doing uh, as a freelancer and contractor, I've been doing it remotely, obviously. And um, uh, excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me, excuse me. Um, and so I had a challenge in front of me. You know, I had to ask myself, do I want to apply to places that are going to require me to go in? And, you know, the places that I was looking at before I started applying, just to get like a lay of the land, the places that I was looking at would put me right back at the type of commute that I used to have before. I'm talking, you know, like 45 minutes one way, an hour another way, all due to traffic and the distance and whatnot. And, you know, as as much as that is the norm for most of our society, I realized this, that is not what I wanted to do anymore. And very specifically because of the fact that I wanted to maintain the lifestyle that I had, you know, begun with my kids. And so I decided when I was contemplating, you know, starting the application process for uh, finding a job, I decided I was going to limit myself to strictly remote positions, creative director, remote offerings. And that's what I did. This was my first time limiting myself that way. And of course, that limits the amount of places, the amount of job offerings that you can post to, you know, because there's a lot of companies that simply even even with this pandemic still hovering over us, um, there were there's there are so many companies that um, still just need or want people in house. Um, so having done that, I pretty quickly reached the threshold of how many remote positions I had available to even apply to. But then came the second layer of uh, 
uh, pairing through the options. And that was um, the places that actually interested me. <laughs> you know, there were some places that were strictly graphic design jobs. And while I love graphic design, as I said at the beginning, it's not it's not enough. You know, I as I climbed up to become a creative director, one of the aspects in, in, in my, within myself that was very much fed was the strategic side of myself as a professional. Um, being able to uh, lead and work with other people, being able to uh, carry the vision, a large, large, big picture vision of what uh, of where a project is headed. You know, that that's something that I developed a real passion for and particularly leading people is something that I developed a passion for back in my time as a minister um, I experienced leadership and you know it was something that I had um, an inclination towards since way back then but I never got an opportunity to do it in any other aspect area of my life um, aside the religious one, at least back then when I was religious, um, I hadn't gotten an opportunity to taste that or to, you know, dive into that aspect of myself, the leader, until I became a leader in my profession. And so I limited myself also to finding spots that were, you know, almost exclusively uh, creative director or art director positions. And that limited me even a little bit more. And so bottom line is that by the time I finished applying to places, the places that were available, that were remote, that were creative director spots, I found myself kind of with my arms crossed and, <laughs> you know, I said, OK, fine. Um, I I did my work. You know, I did. I, I put in the effort because not only did I craft a new resume again, uh, set in that storytelling type of format. Not only did I focus in on on places and and job setups that I knew would be pleasing to me and that would fit my lifestyle, and not only did I craft custom cover letters, truly custom cover letters for each company. I researched the companies before I applied to them. I I did everything that you know that I think any. Uh, anyone who's coaching somebody through job applications um, would advise to do, um, but with a little bit of a creative spin, you know. Um, so I did all those things and then came the period of waiting, you know, waiting to get a response and trusting that the amount of work, thought and creativity that I put into my resumes, my cover letters, my portfolio, trusting that that was going to be enough to grab the attention of one of these solid employer, potential employers that I applied to. And it took about a period of two weeks before I really got um, contacted by somebody. And I got contacted by this one company. And right now, right now I'm in the process of um, discussions with them. The first interview a phone interview went on for an hour and a half, which I think that's the longest interview that I've ever had. And it went on that long because 
it flowed it flowed that well you know the 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 owner of the company um i had uh, a good amount of chemistry back and forth a good amount of flow with him in the conversation my answers were thorough my answers were wholesome you know they weren't cookie cutter answers um and i think that employer really appreciated that very quickly even though they told me at the end of that call that i may not hear from them for a while because they had to go through you know several candidates very quickly you know within like three four days i got a call back um already asking for another meeting they contacted some of my um references uh, professional references and um things are moving along i have a call with them this afternoon and you know of course i've just had this on my mind you know because it's um i think it's a lesson in confidence and patience when you know your value when you know your worth based on how much work you've put in yourself into yourself based on the fact that you know that you haven't sat in the laurels laurels is that the right word I don't know. um that you haven't sat on the sideline watching life go by that you've actually actively worked to improve yourself to make yourself more attractive as a professional um more attractive as whatever role it is that you fit within your career knowing that you've put in the work that confidence if you've got that in place and you do the job of diligently and strategically applying to places and you know that the applications you put in the cover letters the resumes the portfolios whatever it is that you had to submit were worked on enough that they can catch attention and stand out from the crowd if you've done those things then that's where patience comes in <laughs> you know it's like somebody uh you know reminds me and really it is this imagery came up while i was waiting to receive um responses to my applications uh the image that came back was of a person fishing right and i'm not a huge you know fishing person but um you know i've observed fishermen and the patience that they exercise you know get out in a canoe walk you know uh, row out to the middle of a lake when it's still dark outside and then they, they wait very patiently wait until something bites but they know what they're doing. They know they went out at the right time of day. They're carrying the right bait. They got the right equipment on hand. They know the fish. At that point, they cast their line and they can patiently wait, knowing, trusting, believing, having the confidence, right? That their expertise as fishermen, their knowledge of the sport is going to give them results. And they have to go out there believing, you know, they can't wake up at, you know, ungodly times of the morning, <laughs> uh, go through all the work of setting up equipment and driving out to wherever it is they're going and then rowing the damn canoe. They can't do all that shit, not trusting or believing or not knowing that something's going to bite. They got to have a certain degree of confidence, right? And so that's, that's kind of how I felt. I felt like that, like I set out my lines, I did all my best work, 
up to that point. And from there, I had to trust in my expertise. And I had to trust that someone was going to bite. And someone did. And um, if this, if I land this job, then this job fulfills all the requirements that I had for maintaining my lifestyle, salary requirements, maintaining my dynamic with my kids, um, being able to work and lead with other people, um, or lead other people rather. And it would be the beginning of a very new chapter in my career, you know, and one that I am very, very welcoming of. Um, and one more addition, you know, to the story of my of my professional life. So I'm looking forward to this. And even if I don't get this particular job, I'll keep applying and I'll keep casting out the line and I'll keep waiting because I trust in myself. I believe in myself. I know someone will bite.